This is the Law Podcasting Podcast, where you learn how to use modern media to get your message out and more good clients to your law practice. Here's your host, Gordon Firemark. All right. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode. This is episode number 60 of the Law Podcasting Podcast, and I'm Gordon. This is the show where I bring you information about how lawyers are using the power of podcasting to support and develop their businesses, even when they're not, uh, excuse me, (laughs) easy for me to say, even when they're not podcasting specifically about the law. Now, my guest today is Ryan Carella. He is a lawyer, writer, podcaster, and educator. He advises clients in the music industry on a wide range of entertainment and business matters. He's represented chart-topping hitmakers and -and up-and-coming musicians alike. Ryan focuses a lot of his practice on advising independent musicians on their legal and business issues. His work as an indie music lawyer also extends to his writing and his podcasting. And his new book, Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry, shines a light on the pitfalls that arise from record label contracts, provides artists with helpful guidance on achieving music industry success on their own terms. And he hosts the Break the Business podcast, which is a weekly discussion of entertainment law, indie music, and popular culture. He is a graduate of NYU School of Law, where he received the Jack J. Kratz, uh, excuse me, Katz Memorial Award, <laughs> sorry about that, for excellence in entertainment law. And uh, he's some cum laude graduate of the University of Miami School of Business. He's licensed to practice in Florida, New York, and California, and he lives in Miami. So, uh, Ryan, thanks for being with us today. Oh, it's very much my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Gordon. Yeah, it's it's really great to hear from you. I, um, I want to just share with our listeners that uh, being time zones the way they are, we're doing this at what is it about? It's twenty past eleven your time, so it's that's uh, over and above. And thank you very much for <laughs> for joining us at late at this late hour. Well, I was actually able to take a quick nap about halfway through that intro you were giving, so I'm, <laughs> I'm well rested now. <laughs> well, very good. <laughs> so I actually heard about you from. Um, when I, when a mutual friend of ours was on your show, um, uh, and funny, I haven't had Aaron on our show, but Aaron Jacobson is an, uh, indie music lawyer out here in LA and, uh, uh, a longtime acquaintance of mine and somebody I have a great deal of respect for. So if you're listening, Aaron, hi, and thanks for, uh, uh, making it happen for us. So Ryan Aaron is the best. Yes, she is. She is. And we're going to talk a little bit about more how that relationship happened and, and how that relates to all of this in a, in a little bit. But let's first start talking about your show. So the show is called Break the Business. And talk about it. What is it? What's the show like? What's the format? Well, certainly. Um, yeah, Break the Business. It, it takes the it's a podcast that takes the same name as the book that I wrote, Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success mm-hmm. in the Music Industry. And as you noted in the introduction, uh, the Break the Business book is all about helping indie artists sort of empower themselves to take control of their own careers and take advantage of new music industry technology to move their careers forward on their own terms. And the podcast is just sort of a weekly continuation of and you know further explanation of a lot of the stuff that's in the book. And so each week I'm here with my co-host Dave, who and we talk about. Uh, issues uh, in the entertainment industry and entertainment law news that affects indie artists. And we also bring in uh, independent artists and also some other prominent figures in indie music to give the indie artist listeners uh, some tips on how to move their own careers forward. And along the way, we also sprinkle some pop culture in there. Uh, It gets kind of boring just talking about law all the time and, you know, 
yeah. uh, as as we like to say, you know, you got to we, we like to outgrotten the uh, broccoli a little bit uh, by uh, you know if we're going to have all this you know entertainment law and music industry advice, we got to sprinkle some you know Oscars and Grammys talk in there to keep the folks interested. I, I'm going to write down that that outgrotten the broccoli phrase. That's great. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, and your show the 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 flavor of your show is a sort of loose conversational style and and it's really entertainment law oriented but aimed at the indie artists yeah yeah um this it's not it's not a podcast for lawyers by any means although uh, i i hear from lawyers all the time who listen to the show uh but you know we're really sort of our our goal is to demystify the music industry which could be very confusing particularly sure. with regard to the legal concepts mm-hmm. We want to demystify those things. We want to explain these complicated issues um, in a way that's consumable for indie artists. And, you know, and that's, you know, half of it is, you know, to to kind of explain those issues. And the other half is we want to bring in, you know, so it's not just lawyers talking the whole time. We bring in other indie artists who maybe are further along in their careers than some of the folks who are listening to the show and allow those folks to have a forum to, you know, impart some wisdom you know, from people who actually have the first-hand experience, <laughs> you know, my, my co-host and I, we can't carry a tune in a bucket, so it, <laughs> it helps to have some uh, actual musicians who have uh, some measure of talent <laughs> to uh, impart their wisdom. That's awesome. So how many episodes are you in now? You're in the 20s, 30s? Uh, we just, I just finished the interview portion of episode 30. So okay. episode 30 is going to be going up on Sunday. Oh. Awesome. Uh, just as soon as we interview some, uh, sorry, as soon as my co-host and I complete some of the other segments. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, so we've been doing this for about six months now. Uh-huh. Very cool. Uh, yeah. So how did you get turned on to podcasting in the first place? Well, I, I would say I was interested in podcasting before I was even, you know, a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, it sort of became a hobby of mine that I explored with some of my uh, much cooler non-lawyer friends. Uh, before I, uh, you know, graduated from law school, uh, you know, we would mess around and have our pop culture podcasts. Mm-hmm. And you know, thankfully, I don't think any of those episodes are uh, able to be found anymore because there's probably a lot of incriminating things in there. But um, you know, it was just sort of fun to you know talk about pop culture and you know crack jokes with some of my friends, and it really turned me on to podcasting and. When I, you know, got, you know, graduated from law school and started practicing, I sort of figured, okay, that, that part of my life is something I can kind of close up. And, but along the way, this, you know, these opportunities presented themselves where I really wanted more ways to, you know, become part of this indie music conversation and help indie artists. And it sort of made me go, well, I know how to do this. I know how to podcast. And this seems to be an effective way to get my message out there. Um, so let's, you know, bring back, uh, the silliness from my pre-law school days and, uh, bring it into my legal practice. And, you know, that's how we got into podcasting. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Those famous last words about, uh, you know, shutting down that, that part of your life and, you know, you can never really turn your back on that creative, uh, side of our, of ourselves and, you know, doing this podcasting is a creative, uh, adventure, isn't it? It, it really is. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it, and, you know, practicing law all day, you know, it, it gets boring and, you know, makes just, Jack a you know, dull boy, it, as they say, <laughs> it, it, indeed it does. And, and I think many people have, because, you know, many lawyers think that they're not allowed to do anything fun or interesting and they just have to sit in their, 
you know, offices doing doc review all day. I think many non-lawyers have this impression of lawyers that were not interesting people. And I think that's absurd. I mean, there's a cert, there's a solid 10% of our profession that are interesting. And, you know, those people need to <laughs> come at Solid 10%. Well, I know. You know, eight generous. to 10, you know, give or take. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, but, you know, l- lawyers can be funny too, and they can crack jokes too. And, sure. and, you know, we can sort of express ourselves that way. And, and I think part of it is our profession in many ways discourages us to be interesting. <laughs> you know, there, there's so many, you know, like, you. you know, you're, you're, you're always afraid of, you know, running afoul of some arcane ethics rule or something. And, and so you say, I'm just going to stay in my little box and yeah. not make any waves and not do anything on social media. And, and certainly you don't want to, you know, do anything career damaging with this platform. But at the same time, there's so much value that you can give to your clients and you can give to your own practice by putting yourself out there, being a part of the conversation. And dare I say, not being afraid to have a little bit of fun. Mm-hmm. So now your show is not branded with your law firm branding. It's not directly attached to the way you market your practice yet. That's right. Um, I, I, I keep the two things pretty separate um, just because it, it makes a lot of the, the ethics things easier. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and frankly, I would say that my, you know, the direct goal of this podcast, although it's certainly a, a consequence of the podcast, but it's not my direct goal to just try to grab clients with mm-hmm. things. Um, this is something I do uh, to, you know, to promote the book and sort of just a way to help indie artists out and, you know, to, to raise my mm-hmm. profile as just a figure in the industry. But it's not, you know, like, you know, I'm not like putting ads in for my legal practice at the end of every episode or anything like that. Okay. So, well, that's an interesting point. So you did say that it's there to promote the book and I, that's, I mean, it shares the title with the book. So that makes a lot of sense. Uh, and that was the, the goal when you started the show was let's, let's keep the book visible. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd say 50, 50. Okay. I, I think, you know, certainly the book you know, you know, we, we, we do, you know, we want to promote the book a lot in the show because there's stuff that we can't talk about in the 60 minutes that we have each right. week. And the book will talk about these things in much greater detail. But mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, it's not about selling copies. I mean, I, I give so many copies of sure. this book away. It's, it's, I mean, it, it, it's I'm, the business card people can't throw away is what they say about ex- the book. That's right. <laughs> it's, it's too, ha- it's too heavy and thick for you to fold it up and stuff it in your coat pocket and never see it again. Mm-hmm. So, it's kind of a neat trick, but, but so only about part of it is about moving the book forward. But I think, you know, the book and the podcast, it's all, and the website, it's all just sort of a brand that we're trying to foster, you know, maybe someday, you know, break the business will be something that's associated with, you know, creating your own opportunities mm-hmm. in the music industry and making your own good fortune, not depending on some big content creating organization to, determine your destiny as a artist entrepreneur. Okay. Okay. So back to when you were just getting started, I want to hear about your, your setup, your gear, and are you a techie geek? Did you do this all yourself or did you get some help? What, tell me about that. Oh, uh, I can tell you tech does not come naturally to me. I'm not a computer guy. I'm not a sound engineering guy. And, you know, even though I used to do podcasting back in the day, uh, I had a very, smart music engineer friend who took care of all that complicated tech stuff. So all I had to do is, is talk into a microphone. Okay. So I had to learn all this stuff from scratch. And mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm, 
I'm looking at my my setup as I'm talking to you, mm-hmm. and um, I didn't know how to set any of this up initially, and I was really lucky that um, I was able to find a YouTube video. Oh, um, or I, I actually l- allow me to take a step back. Sure. Um, and and th- and this actually sort of uh, is similar to advice that I give artists all the time when they are always wondering how can I create a crowdfunding campaign or how do I make a good YouTube video mm-hmm. or how can I, you know, use this digital audio workstation software? And basically what it is, is you can learn how to do almost anything on YouTube or yeah. just by Googling stuff. And so I didn't know how to set up a podcast. I didn't know how to set up podcasting equipment. Mm-hmm. And so I looked it all up. I looked up what what uh, hardware is good to use. I looked up how to use the software that I'm using. Um, I looked up how to wire everything up so that I could have this particular setup. And I was really fortunate because the mixer that I purchased, which is a Behringer uh, a Xenix uh, X1204 USB, there was a YouTube video uh, made by, uh, I believe the company was uh, Total Nerd Takeover, which was yeah. another podcast yeah. that was like a 20-minute video which laid out in excruciating, meticulous detail how to set up the entire mixing board including how to do a two-computer Skype mix minus so that you can yes. actually run Skype calls through your podcast. And so, you know, I'm, I'm just there with my with my notepad drawing little diagrams of what wires go into where. Awesome. And, and by the time that video was over, I was an expert. I knew exactly what to order. I knew exactly how to put it all together. And I assembled my whole setup, which is two computers, a mixer, um, a headphone amp, and a sound effects board. Mm-hmm. And I did it all in just a few hours. Very cool. And so far, it's been serving me pretty capably for these six months. And you have a co-host who calls in by Skype, or do you... Uh... Oh, my co-host is live and in the flesh. Nice. The, the Skype is used for guests. Okay. Um, uh, I'm, I'm very dependent on those Skype interviews. I mean, yeah. Miami is you know one of the inter, you know entertainment industry hotbeds, I mm-hmm. guess, but it's not New York and it's not LA and it's not Nashville. So right. many of the artists that I interview, if I want to interview the top indie artists and the top industry figures, I got to have them call in because they're all in Los Angeles and they're all in New York and they're all in Nashville. And so Skype is sort of a godsend for that. And, you know, most guests, you know, if you're, if you send them a nice email and you you know, you badger them enough. Eventually they come on your show. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that's, you know, so, you know, Skype is mainly for guests and the, uh, you know, but I have a, uh, but the live setup is for uh, my co-host and I, mm-hmm. so that we can look at each other face to face. I, at least, you know, this is sort of my personal preference and maybe it's different for other podcasters. I've never fallen in love with having a Skype co-host uh i think it it it's hard to get kind of for at least for me it's hard to get the the back and forth banter Mm -hmm. and you know there's always that you know little slight quarter second delay which works fine for an interview but if you're trying to crack jokes back and forth you lose (laughs) quite a bit of timing (laughs) yeah well it's it's funny you know you're talking to somebody who has a a show with a co-host where we are on our 72nd episode coming up to record tomorrow morning actually and uh we've only been in the same room three times Oh my goodness. <laughs> when we're recording, we, you know, spent time together otherwise, but, um, it started out as a Skype thing. We actually met via, uh, via Twitter when I put it out there that I was looking for a co-host and I wanted somebody in a different city. So it wasn't directly competitive, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> and, uh, it worked out great. 
Tamara Bennett in Dallas. Uh, you might know her and, uh, uh, she's been great as a co-host and, and the Skype works pretty well for us, but there have been those glitches. We've re-recorded an episode here and there. So, um, and as you mentioned, the delay and, and the not being face to face, it's a different vibe. Definitely. So I, I totally get it. So, uh, so you're, so you, so you got some help from YouTube for your setup. So yes. online instructional video. <laughs> nice. Uh, I don't know what I would have done without that video. Okay, cool. I mean, cause I sort of decided I was going to be a podcaster again before even considering the implications of what that meant. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I'm going to set up this podcast. And then I realized I didn't know how to do anything. And <laughs> I'm I'm just really lucky that, you know, I, as, as many, as it is with many indie artists, I live in a time where you can learn how to do almost anything in the entertainment industry with a few clicks of the mouse. And I can't believe that there was a YouTube video that, helped that that you know was giving me instruction on putting together the exact setup that I had in mind for my exact mixer but you know that's the age we live in it's great yep it definitely is i mean with the, the level playing field of access to making media is another amazing thing about the technology environment we live in now you know 20 years ago we you couldn't have a radio show and not every lawyer could have a radio show like we do <laughs> and, True enough. uh put our put our message out there and and attract uh, build authority and that those kinds of things so you you've said that the show is not directly tied to marketing your law practice but you mentioned i think that there has been that byproduct talk a little bit about that yeah that's exactly right um I don't intend to get clients from this show, but it occasionally happens. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I will talk to indie artists and um, the ones that come on, and you know, I'll usually talk to them for about twenty minutes or so before we go on, just sort of shooting the breeze. And I'll usually let them know what kind of interview questions I'm going to throw at them, so that you know they have time to think about it, and yeah. you know they don't go, "Oh, I have no idea," or you know, God forbid that that situation where you ask ask them something and then it turns out that you're wrong. <laughs> it, you know, it's like, oh, you were, uh, so tell us about that time you were the lead singer of uh, this band. Oh, actually I was the bass player. Ooh, uh, <laughs> um, and so, you know, you do that sort of pre-interview sure. stuff, but you know, you, you get some time to shoot the breeze with them before the broadcast mm-hmm. and, you know, they'll inevitably start talking about their career and you start telling them about what you do and you, know, you have a great interview. And then after the interview is over, you talk some more and, and, you know, every once in a while I'll get a, a phone call and say, you know, from, you know, that artist or that artist manager or some representative and, you know, they'll, they'll say, Hey, uh, you know, we have something, uh, can you help us work on it? And, you know, depending right. on the particular case, uh, you know, I may or may not be inclined to help them out. Awesome. Okay. And it, it is great. And, you know, it's, I, I, I never expected that <laughs> to come from this. You yeah. know, I, I know, I know it, it sounds, it sounds like, it sounds disingenuous. Like, Oh, you know, this, you know, we, I mean, uh, we, we're, we're on to this lawyer guy. We know that this whole thing is just some bizarre, you know, crazy money-making scheme. But I honestly did not think uh, that, that, that this, right. I mean, if, if this was a, if, if this was just some zany scheme to promote my practice, it would be the most inefficient way to do that. <laughs> okay. Um, but because, you know, I, I, you know, the amount of time that I've put into this for the amount of business I've accumulated from it mm-hmm. uh, would not, would, would, would be very inefficient. But 
Um, it yeah, no, it is. It has brought me um, some clients, which was which is a welcome development for sure. Nice, nice. So you mentioned time and how much time you put in. That that seems to be the big objection for lawyers. You know, I, I'm out encouraging lawyers to podcast. I think this is a fantastic medium, a great way for us to express ourselves, build that authority, become known, liked, and trusted among our referral base, client base, you know, in our communities as well. And, and, but I think the big objection is, God, it takes so much time. So tell me a little bit about how much time goes into you putting an episode together and, you know, fill me in on your workflow. And you mentioned that you guys record some segments without the interview person. Yeah. The the break the business podcast has been going up once a week. Um, you know, for the last six months, we've only missed one week and that was over the new year's holiday, just cause mm-hmm. we were, you know, trying to unwind, uh, with, you know, new year's Eve and, and just for my own practice, new year's Eve is just, is sort of hellish. I mean, as an entertainment lawyer, you know, that the holidays are, <laughs> you know, you're working when everybody else isn't working. So, um, that was the only week that we took off and we've been working at it pretty consistently. And, you know, I have the kind of work schedule where if this took a long time, if this was a significant drain, like I wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. And so um, I put a lot of effort into constructing my show in such a way that it takes as little time as possible, which means I don't have I don't have time to do like excessive planning. I don't have time to do excess, excessive editing. Mm-hmm. And so um one of the things that we do to save a lot of time with the show production is um, we don't, you know, we, you know, a lot of podcasts will, uh, you know, do, you know, record the raw track and then they'll insert the music in later and they'll insert the, you know, the commercials in later and everything else. And I do everything all in one take. I have a sound effects board, uh, you know, that I use to, you know, so like this is the show theme song. Nice. And I'll just, yeah. And I just have it, played right right there right when the episode starts Mm -hmm. and i have other music that's played throughout the show and it all goes in in one take and barring some calamity you know there's you know and and those happen sometimes (laughs) where there's something that has to be cut from the episode we're going to keep 95 percent of what's in there and so i don't have a ton of editing that i have to do on the back end Mm -hmm. once the raw recording is done i can have it uh you know converted to an mp3 file and put up on my SoundCloud page within 15, 20 minutes nice. of me, you know, finishing the last piece of recording. And if it wasn't that easy, I would not be able to podcast. And um, aside from that, uh, the other important part of this is, you know, we record three segments each week. Uh, we break the show down into three segments. The first segment is entertainment law news and indie artist news. The second segment is the interview. And the third segment is my co-host and I, uh, goofing off about popular culture, uh, how grottening the potatoes, if you will, yeah, yeah. or, uh, uh, broccoli, sorry. <laughs> Although potatoes and cheese sound pretty good yeah. right now too. But, um, and you know, often we don't record all three of those segments in one sitting. Although I feel like I'm, you know, sort of giving my, my secret sauce of my show away. There's be people listening like, what do you mean? That's not all in one take, <laughs> but, but no, we, we don't record it all in one sitting because, you know, Dave's got a busy schedule. I have a busy schedule. And so maybe we'll, you know, that, you know, so, and and the, and the artists that we interview have busy schedules sure. and we can't afford, you know, they can't just be there when we're there to record. So for example, I had an artist this past week who's very busy on the weekends when uh, my co-host and I record the other segments. And so I recorded him today on Tuesday. Hmm. And so now I have that raw file. And then later in the week, uh, 
my co-host and I have some time set aside to record the first segment and the third segment, Great. and then we smush it all together. And you know, we that's uh, a technical term. Yeah, that's right. No, yeah, I believe that's the the, the sound engineering term. Yes. Um, as an experienced sound engineer, I can attest to that. <laughs> and then that and that gets the whole thing out the door as efficiently as possible. And the schedule is going to change each week. You know, if if one of us has to be out of town. You know, we might do more things during the week. Mm-hmm. If our weeks are busy, we're going to do more during the weekend. But um, we, you know, the whole commitment is your, you know, for me is maybe two or three hours a week. And when I can divide that up into small chunks throughout the week, like an email here to a guest to make sure that I have a guest for the week, um, it fits into my, you know, weekly schedule pretty neatly. And of course, None of this would be possible without having a incredibly understanding fiance who by some miracle doesn't think that everything that I'm doing here is completely silly because she would have every right to think it is. But um, huh. thankfully, I have I have a lot of support there. And um, that's what's kept. That's a big part of what's kept. It's kept this uh, podcast going. All right. <laughs> awesome. Um, so uh, do you outsource any of the production, post-production, publishing any of it? Or are you doing all that yourself? Um, all me, uh, um, I, I have contemplated, you know, maybe using a website like Fiverr or finding somebody out there where I can just take the raw material to them and they can, uh, you know, smush it all together as I, as I noted before the technical industry term. But what, what I've, what I've found is that what I have, what I produce by the end of the raw recording session, since Mm -hmm. I already put the music and the sound effects in right in the beginning and I don't have much editing to do that what I have is pretty much you know ready to be uploaded and so with just a few extra little weeks here and there um, I have stuff that's SoundCloud ready once I get it up onto SoundCloud I'll write a quick uh, you know a couple paragraphs about the episode so I have a description for it Um, I I update the website and uh, we're off and running and of great of course we update the social media pages and things like that and I'm always looking for ways to make even that process more efficient. Um, I, you know, I certainly think that it's only a matter of time before I start using one of those social media manager programs, so mm-hmm. I can, you know, use, you know, send stuff out to multiple social media platforms at once, um, and perhaps even start outsourcing things. Okay, cool. So, talk to me. Just what do you? What do you? What's your take on the power of podcasting as a medium, as a tool? Oh, it's great. Uh, it is, it's so awesome. I, and you know, for everything that it it can do for no matter what profession you're in, um, it's, it, the idea that any person who has something to say can essentially have a radio show with a worldwide audience, um, would have been unheard of, uh, even 20 years ago or at least not if, you know, unheard of unless you had a, a ton of money in a giant production company. And, and it, it, it allows a, a free exchange of ideas so much more effectively than we would have had even a short time ago. And for lawyers or for anyone in any profession, you know, if there's something that you love, if there's something that interests you, if there's something you have to say, uh, you know, podcasting is a great medium to get it out there. Um, and certainly there are other... Uh, forms of media that the internet provides that's useful as well. Uh, blogging, for example. Um, but for me, um, I wouldn't say I, I don't like to write. I do like to write. I, you know, I wrote a wrote a whole book, which uh, you know, 
suggest that I at least uh, have a begrudging indifference to writing. But <laughs> I think there's something about the spoken word yeah. and you know interacting with others and having a conversation with people as opposed to just you know interacting with text that I think allows points to be carried so much more effectively. And I honestly think that much of what we, my co-host and I talk about on the podcast would not be interesting to people if we weren't also cracking jokes and talking about movies and other pop culture things that interest us. And that stuff you can't really do with just blogging. And, you know, people, people like to be talked to. People like to, people would rather, you know, hear a conversation than, you know, have to read something. And, you know, podcasting has worked so well for me in getting this, these things that I have to say across. And it's a, it's a ter terrific medium. I, uh, if my fiance can continue to be understanding, <laughs> um, I, I hope I can continue uh, on this platform for a long time. Well, she's going to wind up with her own show of some sort, I'm sure. So. Oh, I, that would be so <laughs> listenable. I'm, I'm going to create a podcasting network and, you know, we'll, we'll have my show and we'll have her show, which will just be her complaining about my show um, for about an hour and a half. It's going to do 10 times the audience of my show and we'll put some ads in it, make lots of money. There you it's go. Be great. See, <laughs> I'm glad I could help. There you so, go. You, would you recommend this? As something? I mean, it's a you know, lawyer friend of yours says, Hey, what, what can I do to build up my, my authority, my practice, whatever, you know, would, would this be on the list of things you might suggest? It would be, uh, it would be if it is the right thing for you. I don't think that podcasting is for everyone. Mm -hmm. I think it requires a certain comfort with with talking. It requires uh, a certain level of just dedication to having to do something every week. You need to be committed. You have to keep it consistent. Um, you know, many pod, you know, there are so many podcasts that don't make it past episode 3 or 4. Mm -hmm. Because it, it's it's a grind, and you and there are weeks that you're not going to want to do it, mm -hmm. and you just you have to just slog through those weeks because they're you know you got to keep it going, and for some lawyers, I don't think that's in their DNA, or maybe you're just the kind of lawyer that doesn't like to to communicate verbally the ideas you have, and maybe blogging is a better route for you. But I do think there are certain lawyers, you know, that this medium would fit quite well for. I mean, God knows most lawyers love to talk. So, <laughs> um, you know, in that way, it can be a natural fit for many lawyers, I know. But I would say if any lawyer approached me and said that they were looking for ways to become part of the greater legal conversation, at least in their field of practice, this would absolutely be among one of the uh, routes I would recommend to them for uh, helping achieve that. Okay. So let me ask you a couple questions uh, uh, as we wrap things up. First of all, what are the top podcasts that you are listening to regularly? Ooh, what do I listen to? Man, well, here's, here's what's, I don't know if this is going to be the best answer, <laughs> but it might very well be because it, it informs a lot of what I've said before about the kind of stuff we do on this podcast. Mm -hmm. I don't listen to a lot of legal podcasts. Uh, most of what I listen to are comedy and pop culture podcasts. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm a big Adam Carolla fan. Uh, I'm, I'm a big Nerdist fan. 
Um, nice. But I, I uh, there's a, a local, there's an ESPN radio show called the Dan Levitard Show that has a, there it's an ESPN radio show, but they do, a, you know, their their radio show is made into a podcast each week, and I I listen to that because they're local, and I think think you know I, I tend not to consume my own entertainment law uh, via podcast, mm-hmm. which is funny because. I, I like to communicate. I like to talk about entertainment law, but not write about it. But I would rather read about entertainment law than listen to podcasts. And I think it's just whatever people's individual preferences are. But I find myself listening to the comedy podcasts even more than I used to because, you know, for that third segment of our own show, I have to, my co host and I, we need stuff to talk about with pop culture. We sure. need to know what's, we need to know what's in the news so that we can, you know, talk about the things that make our, audience laugh so that they'll listen to the stuff that's, you know, about the entertainment law that's going to help their career, but it's probably not as funny. <laughs> um, okay. uh, but uh, it's, uh, and, of, and of course, you know, there's always like the NPR podcasts and things sure. like that that always find their way into my feed as well. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of all over the place with it. Um, I mean, frankly, if you have any great recommendations, I'd love to hear them. <laughs> I don't have anything, you know, I mean, it, it, well, no, I mean, it depends on your personality. It depends on what you're into. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I get my, I don't listen to entertainment law podcasts that much either. I get my entertainment law from the blogs that I read and, and the trade publications and all that. But I, I do enjoy sharing it out there to the world and the stuff that I listen to tends to be on the internet business end of things. Cause that's, you know, what I'm looking at. And it, you know, it's sort it's interesting. It's sort of podcasting is what I do on my downtime when I'm not being a lawyer. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I mean, listening to podcasts, uh, making podcasts is me in lawyer mode or, or uh, producer mode, I guess you could say. And, uh, yeah, it's just a different, different hat, but I do, I, I always find something to learn from. It's the, it's my default source of content when I'm in the car. I don't listen to the you know broadcast radio. I listen to podcasts. And, um, anyway, so <laughs> that's my take on it. And I do listen to podcasts about podcasting as well. Um, a bit. So what have I not asked you that you think I should have? <laughs> don't you hate that question? That might be the, that's, I mean, that, that might be the most open-ended question in the history of open. <laughs> How long questions? is a piece of string? <laughs> no, is there something you want to talk about that, that I haven't that, brought up? I mean, that question might as well have just have been go. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there, there, there are lots of things I I'd certainly like to talk about. Um, if, if you don't mind, I'd love to, uh, shamelessly plug some of the stuff I'm doing. Do. <laughs> yes. Uh, cause you know, when, what else are you going to get a forum like this? Um, I uh, know. I, I would just encourage the the folks listening out there. Um, if if you're interested in entertainment law, or if you're interested in indie music, or where the music industry is headed, or if you have a loved one or a friend who is an indie artist or or is looking to move their career forward in the music industry, if you want to um, take a look at uh, the book "Break the Business: uh, Declaring Your Independence, Achieving and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry," it's available on ebook and paperback in Amazon. Um, it is different, I would say, than most of the how-to music industry guides uh, that are sort of, which are great books. I've read them all, but you know they're all sort of based on the how to get a record deal, how to get a label's attention kind of route. And what my book suggests is that in the new music industry, one where creating music, promoting music, marketing music, and funding music 
is more affordable and more accessible than it's ever been, mm-hmm. that maybe today's artists don't need to go the record label route. And perhaps that route could be destructive for your career because you know, you're losing rights over your intellectual property. You might not make the same kind of money per each sale of your content that you would have otherwise. Um, you lose a lot of rights along the way and you just lose control over your career and control over your destiny. And, and what I would rather see in the music industry is artists uh, take advantage of their inter, inner entrepreneurial skill and you know, learn to love the business side of music as much as the creative side of music and take control of their own careers and you know, make the most of what this new music industry provides. And when I think that, that prospect could create some really great content throughout the music industry and uh, bring about a new golden age in recorded music. And man, that was a shameless plug. That's but, awesome. I mean, you gave me the opportunity. That's on you. Oh, I'm going to help you out. <laughs> the, the book is called Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry by Ryan Carella. Let's spell your last name for people. K-A-I-R-A-L-L-A, right? Nailed it. First try. <laughs> and am I saying it roughly correctly? <laughs> surprisingly yes which is not easy to do um it's pronounced nothing like it's spelled so uh kudos to you for uh, nailing it first try well i listened to your show and i heard how you say it so oh that helps (laughs) i mean i don't even pronounce it right half the time so (laughs) all right well one one last uh hot seat question for you what's the last book you read that was well you know what's the last book you read fiction or not no, my last book I read or uh, that you recommend. Oh, uh, last book I read uh, this. I'm so behind the curve on this, but, uh, I read uh, blink by Malcolm Gladwell. Finally. <laughs> nice choice. Um, that's, I mean, I've I mean, I mean, blink is great. Tipping point is great. And, um, before that, uh, four hour work week, that was pretty good too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, man, but but I mean, it took me a, it took me a second because you know I, I've been I've been practicing only for uh, you know I, I, I'm in my fourth year of practice as okay. an attorney, and so you know I've only just started to get used to the prospect of getting to read for pleasure again because <laughs> you know in law school they don't let you do that it's you know you're you're reading these giant you know two thousand page tomes about yeah. you know cases of a guy chasing after a fox for some reason yeah right and. <laughs> You know, and and so only now can I finally catch up on the Malcolm Gladwell books I should have read like eight years ago. But you're busy. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Corella, this has been a fun interview. Thank you so much. I've gotten a great out a great deal of, of uh, information and knowledge out of it. I'm sure the listeners have gotten a lot as well, and I'm really grateful. Thank you for joining me. Oh, how could I resist a law podcast about law podcasts? You don't how get meta more meta get? than that, yeah. right? <laughs> how can folks get a hold of you? Oh, uh, you can reach me at breakthebusiness at gmail.com. You want to follow me on Twitter? I would love that. You can follow me at Ryan K-A-I-R. It's a great uh, follow if you're just you know, looking for great entertainment law news or uh, just want to listen to some guy yell about record companies. And the Break the Business podcast is on iTunes and SoundCloud. And that's right. Is there a website iTunes, also? Yeah, iTunes and SoundCloud. You can uh, you, you can check out the uh, website at breakthebusiness.com. And oh, I should also uh, you know say on my for my co-host, you want to follow him. He's a great follow too. Oh, yeah. He's at D K A Y E one zero two seven. He is infinitely more funny than I am. So that's a he's a great follow indeed. 
Fantastic. Well, I want to say thanks also to the listeners for joining us once again and uh, wasting half an hour of their time with me. And uh, I want to say thanks again for listening and take a moment to send us comments and suggestions. The website is at lawpodcaster.com and give us a review on the iTunes store. Um, We are not on SoundCloud, although that's uh, probably something that's coming soon. And uh, with that, I'm going to wrap up this episode of the Law Podcasting Podcast. And the music didn't play. There it is. <laughs> and if you're in, there's that, there's that live to drive thing we talked about. If you're interested in podcasting for your practice, the Power Podcasting for Lawyers course is the way to go. Please visit lawpodcasting.com to get our free resource guide and more information. And until next time, keep on podcasting. The Law Podcasting Podcast is brought to you by Power Podcasting for Lawyers, the only how-to podcasting course designed specifically for attorneys, where you can learn the ins and outs of creating and producing your own law podcast, so you can grow your practice by building authority, affinity, and trust with prospective clients and referral sources. With short, easy-to-digest video and audio lessons and a community of like-minded lawyer podcasters, Power Podcasting for Lawyers is the best way to get your show off the ground smoothly and quickly. Learn more about Power Podcasting for Lawyers at lawpodcasting.com.